Hello, and welcome to SoberCast, where we provide AA speaker meetings and workshops in podcast format. We're an ad-free podcast, and if you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by visiting SoberCast.com, look for the donate link, and drop a dollar or two into our virtual basket. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you so much for the warm welcome. My name is Dee. I am a recovered alcoholic. My home group is the three-leg group of Alcoholics Anonymous in Sebastian, Florida. And I have a three-legacy sponsor uh, that knows she's my sponsor, and I get to sponsor other women as well in um, all three legacies of Alcoholics Anonymous. I attempt to live in uh, 10, 11, and 12 to the best of my ability, and each day I get to try to do that over again. If I continue to do what I have done today, tomorrow, um, we'll see. We've got a chance at staying sober. So um, thank you. I have so many things running through my head. We'll see if it comes at you like a sprinkler, a garden hose, or a fire hose. So we shall see. Hold on. Hold on for the ride. Buckle on. Buckle up, right? Um, I really was blown away by your format here at this meeting. I'm going to start off with saying that. Um, And that's, I think, why my mind is a little more racy, because I really appreciate uh, the title today is Rights Versus Responsibilities. And I want to start off um, thanking you for, you know, we have the right to do whatever we want, however we want, right? We have the right to be wrong, if you will. But the responsibilities, when we learn, when we know better, we can do better. That's pretty cool. I appreciate the way you talked about this being just a meeting and that your members have home groups and encouragement of home groups. The same thing with the tradition uh, seven and talking about the money, because that's one of the first things that a newcomer sees, whether we're in person or online, you know, one of the few traditions they experience without even knowing their experience with the traditions. And so you guys were very transparent about collecting a seven tradition, what it's for, because in one token, you say it's not a group, it's a meeting, but then you collect a seven tradition and you let people know that that seven tradition goes for, we have expenses. We have expenses for this meeting. We have the Zoom fees. We, you know, and very transparent on how much it is. Um, So that's pretty fitting that that just came into my mind. Um, Thank you, God. As I'm listening to your format and moving aside my will, what I think is so important that I need to say today, um, hopefully God will speak through me. And that was my prayer. And speaking of prayers, your prayer. Again, so mindful and thoughtful. Um, so I really appreciate everybody that has come together uh, to, to make this meeting happen. Um, so we're going to talk about rights versus responsibility. So I mentioned that I was a recovered alcoholic, but we can't go into this without, you know, talking about, right, what alcoholism is versus, you know, um, what it is not. And um, what makes me qualified to speak today in a room of alcoholics for Alcoholics Anonymous is not because by any means that I'm any kind of professional spokesperson, that's for sure, or um, any um, uh, expert, you know, if you will, but this is just my experience, right? It's just my perception, my experience, my angle, you know, and you get to have yours, I get to have mine. And mine has definitely not been pretty. Um, And it's been pretty much just like with Bill, how he describes it in our literature, it's been through trial and error, you know, because I don't learn from your mistakes, I have to learn from mine. Um, I don't like it that way, but it's been the truth when I look at my pattern. So when I take a drink, the drink takes me and I can't stop. I have an allergy of the mind and obsession of the, I mean, I'm sorry, I have an obsession of the mind and an allergy of the body, obsession of the mind from the neck up that tells me that I'm going to be able to take the drink and this time it'll be different. And then once I take that drink, anything in alcohol form, 
it sets up this craving within me from the neck down that I'm not drinking to overcome the thought of this, the mental obsession of this, I'm drinking now to overcome that craving. And that for me is what alcoholism all is all about. I take one drink and I don't get quenched. I get more thirsty. So um, when I got here, what that has to do with our topic today, when I got here, <clears throat> I just wanted to know how to stop drinking. You know, my, um, my husband had committed suicide. My twins were just under two years old. And I was a single mom widow trying to figure out how to stop drowning in alcohol. You know, we were talking before the meeting and I had mentioned a little bit about that, you know, being a mom, you know, to twins, et cetera. And um, I came in for my kids, you know, I didn't want to be the mom, you know, I wanted to be a, a different mother than mine was for me, I wanted to be, you know, better, I wanted to, but I didn't know how, you know, and so I thought, you know, I don't know what I thought when I got here, I just wanted to stop drinking, and it was like Groundhog's Day. And when I got here, I got the exposure of Tradition 3, right, um, <clears throat> that all I had to do was have a desire to want to stop, and I did have that. And when I got here, I saw that basket going around and I heard you people talking about being an alcoholic. And I thought, oh, my God, do I have to say that, too? You know, and where's the money going and who's in charge? You know, and all these things start going around my head, you know, and I'm trying to go back to what it felt like to be a newcomer. And my rights were to be there. You guys opened the door and I stepped over that threshold. That first step was over the doorstep turning that knob and walking in and my life has changed so much since that first day till now my sobriety date is March 18th 2013 it is not my first sobriety date apparently I'm not a, I'm not a quick learner I am a slow learner uh, I'm not very I don't pride myself in that but hey that is what it is <clears throat> so I get to uncover discover and discard the facts right and not just my I get to tell the false from the the fantasy today um and so I didn't get a home group. I did not get a sponsor. Uh, definitely, if I got the book given to me, I don't know where it ended up and I never opened it up to read about it, right? And so what did I do? I got nothing because I gave nothing. And um, thank God I got back here um, and, um, and I worked like crazy um, to make sure that that obsession remained gone because the first time I got here and I did nothing, my higher power gifted that obsession to be removed, but it was temporary. And again, I'm a hard learner, so I can't learn from your mistakes. I have to learn from mine. And so because I was willing to do the work and I continue to be willing to do the work and the willingness is key for me and it will always be key for me. My levels of uh, honesty change, my levels of responsibility change, you know, and again, we're going to transfer from rights to responsibilities and what I'm going to share about. So I learned about what recovery was, right? Steps one through 12, I get to take steps one through nine and I get to live in steps 10, 11 and 12. And again, I get to have a daily reprieve contingent upon the maintenance of the spiritual condition. I don't wake up. <laughs> I see somebody laughing at me because we had this discussion yesterday, but I don't wake up, you know, spiritually fit all day, every day. I'm just going to tell you right now, you could ask my kids in the other room, but I am definitely, I may not be what I, what is it? I may not be what I should be, may not be what I could be, but thank you, dear God, I am not what I used to be. And that's the spiritual progress versus spiritual perfection for me in my life today. Um, <clears throat> so I didn't understand anything about the traditions, though, for sure. Like I got in and I got what I wanted. Like I got mine. Thank you. See you. Bye. And when I would show up at a traditions meeting, of course, I would be like, hmm, if they're not serving cake and the traditions aren't hidden behind that cake on anniversary night at the end of the month, I see some of you smiling, which means you can identify with what I'm saying here. I know you're laughing with me, not at me. It's all good. Before, I would have thought you were laughing at me. And if you are, that's okay, too. But um, I would never really be exposed to the traditions because um, it, what did they have to do with me? I didn't understand, you know. 
And in the Traditions Illustrated, I'll bring that one up. There's so much great literature and I'm gonna try not to overwhelm you with it, but please do know that my uh, email address, as well as if you contact me via my email, I'll be happy to share my phone number and stuff. Um, but because this is a rather large meeting and I work with women, et cetera, I don't like to just blast my phone number out there, but I am uh, more than willing to uh, share information with anybody. If I say something you're interested in, a piece of literature, et cetera, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. I am always available. <clears throat> so in the 12 Traditions Illustrated and the very first cover, um, it says, as newcomers, many of us say to ourselves, let the group officers worry about the traditions. I'm just an average member. They're rules for running groups, aren't they? And everybody tells me there are no rules in AA. Then we look closer and find that the traditions are not rules and they are not just for officers. They have deep meaning for each one of us as the 12 steps do. So I'm gonna pause there for a minute because nobody likes to really be read to. Well, maybe I'm wrong. I can't speak for everybody. So um, for me, I had no idea that the 12 traditions were gonna enhance my life at that time, uh, like they did recently in the last three years during our pandemic. And um, so I was just kind of rolling along. I had become the GSR of my home group um, back then. This is 2017 through 2019. Um, I was taking care of my mother with Alzheimer's. She was being dragged along with that stuff with me and I'm dragging my kids along with that stuff with me. And I don't know why I'm doing it. You know, I think I'm doing it for the right reasons, but I don't think I was, you know, at the time. I really don't when I look back on it now. Um, for all the wrong reasons, I usually get involved. But then I have that experience, that trial and error, if you wear it will, and I get to learn. And that means so much more because it goes from the head to the heart, right? It goes from what I read, which doesn't apply. Then all of a sudden I have an experience and it usually hurts. And I'm like, oh, that's what they meant. Hmm. Again, I'm a slow learner, right? I get the aha moment, you know? And so um, I, I took the GSR position simply because somebody I knew committed suicide. You know, it was somebody I knew that was involved in service and they used to say, so service keeps me sober, blah, blah, blah. And apparently that didn't keep him sober. He drank again. And, um, you know, and I share this for a reason because I started then being introduced a little more to the second and third legacy because I had never really understood it that way, right? I mean, I understood the recovery part of it on the base of the triangle, we have the recovery. If you look at the triangle, depending on the sobriety lengths we have in the room today, if you look at the triangle, we have the triangle, there's three sides and in the bottom it says recovery. And we have the first legacy of recovery in the steps, in the 12 steps. And when you get to the bottom of the 12 steps, right? What is our 12, um, our 12 steps? It talks about practicing these principles in all our affairs. And when you practice these principles, they're talking about the principles of the steps. And then when you get to the second legacy on the other side of the uh, coin, it, it says unity. And we have in our second legacy, unity found in the traditions. And this is what I'm talking about as of right now. So now you add that up, you've got 24 spiritual principles. Oh my God, if I had known there was so much involved, I don't know if I would have stayed. I just wanted to know how to stop drinking, right? But I got to tell you right now, the truth is, is that <clears throat> once I, um, during the pandemic was exposed to somebody else because I was walking away from service, right? You know, I was disgusted with some of the things I saw, some of the things I heard. I just was turned off. I was getting sick of AA. I was getting sick of the meetings. I was getting sick of you people. And I know for me <clears throat> that if I would have continued down the path that I was, even though I had recovered through the 12 steps, even though I was working with other people, even though I was in service, 
I know that it probably wouldn't have been too much sooner had I not been able to see what God had put in front of my face for me, right? <clears throat> I ended up being exposed to someone and I, ha- I ended up changing home groups. I ended up changing sponsorship and I ended up um, having a spiritual experience as the result of the 12 traditions. Go figure. And believe it or not, that can happen. You heard me say that I was the girl that would show up at a traditions meeting and leave. Well, true story. Um, and now I'm like, ooh, traditions, let's talk about it. And then I, and I show up and it's just like a, you know, a step. I'm like, oh, not really, but I like those two. But, but I'm excited today. You know, I'm really excited. So when it continues on, I'm going to read about what I was starting to read. Like the steps, the traditions were not figured out in advance as courses of action against future problems. The action came first. That's what I just described for me. Pioneer AA groups with nothing to go on except the trial and error and try again method soon discovered well, that way didn't work, but the other one did, and this one works even better. So it's kind of like me as a mom, you know, like I have done things, and even in raising my older daughter that's 28, you know, it's like, well, I've done it this way, but that didn't work out. So I would have conversation with her, like, what do you think? Maybe we'll try it this way, since this way doesn't seem to be working. And I involve my children the same way today, and the reason why I'm able to do that is because I have been through these traditions, right? So I get to go through the steps. I get to take other women through the steps. Now I have gone through the traditions and I get to take other women through the traditions. And as a benefit to that, like the icing on the cake, not only do I get along now, page 52 of you know the bedevilments on, in big book talks about, I don't know how to have personal relationships. I can't seem to be a real help to others, you know, and on and on. Today, I know how to do that. Today, I know how to be a friend. Today, I know how to have friends. Today, I can seem to be a real help to others. Sometimes they wish I wouldn't be maybe so helpful, but you know, I didn't say I did it perfectly. But again, I have the opportunity to do that. And that's the cool stuff with it today. You know, um, <clears throat> So I love that. And I, I mean, I can't like make anybody do this, you know, but I can tell you that for me, I was just, not, I was just so disenchanted. I'd gotten to a place in my sobriety that I knew better than everybody else, right? And now that's a scary place for me. And instead, um, I started to have this experience and I realized that my responsibilities were so much more important than my rights. If I wanted this to be here for my children, right? I've got purebreds, you know, I've, my kids are definitely, they, they can qualify. And I don't know what fellowship they may qualify for. All I know is that if they end up qualifying for one of these fellowships, I want them to be here. There's so many fellowships, right? We're the Mother Fellowship and Alcoholics Anonymous, but they're, you know, our, our founders have so freely shared this, you know, for other, you know, other um, afflictions, if you will, to be able to use. And so the beautiful thing about this is that whatever it may be, right, I want my children to be able to have the opportunity to found the hope and the freedom that I have found here myself. My husband didn't get it. My mother didn't get it. I have sponsees that have come and gone, you know, and unfortunately, there are people we watched die that haven't gotten it. So I realized the responsibility that I have today through going through the traditions is to be able to share those same traditions. We transmit what we found, right? So when I know better, I can do better. In the beginning, I didn't think I could be a good sponsor, right? Well, that was a whole bunch of whatever, you know, but the reality is, is I get to not only take women through the steps, I get to take them through the traditions and then they get to do the same thing and turn. And from the beginning, the women I work with know that we're setting out from the start for you to have confidence, for you to have confidence and understand your responsibility to take other women through this. There's no surprise when we get to step 12, 
There's no surprise because from step one, you understand that my step 12 is your step one. And so understand that that from the beginning is where we're going to get to. And so again, that's where rights versus responsibilities come in. And I can get in the details and we will a little bit about um, the traditions individually, but I wasn't here to beat anybody over the head with it for sure, because it didn't work for me. All I did was walk out the door. Matter of fact, I didn't even come in the door, you know, and if I see somebody pulling up that's going to talk to me about the traditions or anything else I really didn't want to hear about. I was going to shut my ears when I saw your car pulling in the driveway, you know, and no matter how good your message was, I wasn't going to hear you. And so I want to remain effective, you know, to be able to share with my women or the people that are interested about the experiences I've had, you know, and they're my experience. They don't have to be yours. You have an opportunity and a right to have your own experience. But when does that right become less as important as your responsibility to Alcoholics Anonymous? If you have found a life worth living, if you parrot the same things that I've heard in these rooms and the same things that I'm guilty of saying, which is I've got a life worth living. My children and I, I, I don't have the problem like, oh my God, I've got teenagers. Oh my God, you know, my kids are driving me crazy. I need a break. Nope. And I homeschool long before it was cool. And the reason I'm able to do these things and not be tired of my kids and not be that cranky person ready to walk away from Alcoholics Anonymous is because I've had a spiritual experience as a result of these traditions. In addition to the spiritual experience as a result of the steps. And that is huge. Don't even get me started on the concepts. That's a whole nother meaning. But <clears throat> the reality, I'll go back to what we were reading. So back in the, the 12 Traditions Illustrated, I'm on the very first page. It's called uh, the 12 Traditions, a dis dis Distillation of A Experience. So it says both successes and failures were reported in letters to AA headquarters, eventually to become the general service office. In went these shared experiences of AA's first 10 years, and out came the 12 traditions. In 1946, then in a long form, they were published in the AA grapevine. By 1950, they had been condensed to their present form and were adopted by AA's first international convention. Our traditions are a guide to better ways of working and living, co-founder Bill W. said, and they are to group survival what AA's 12 steps are to each member's sobriety and peace of mind. Most individuals cannot recover unless there is a group. The group must survive or the individual will not. Now I'm feeling a little emotional as I read that because I know it to be true. I'm not here to tell you this because it sounds good. I'm here to tell you this because it's been my experience because, you know, I don't know if you guys work with newcomers like this, but this is the kind of newcomer I was. And I know that I may have one or two myself. And if I haven't, I will. And if I, and if they've come and gone, whatever, but they don't think that the traditions apply to them. They don't see the importance of why they should go through them, you know, and because as a matter of fact, we're lucky sometimes if they even want to get into step four, right? We're lucky if they, usually you can kind of do that simply pretty easy because they're ready to complain about who they don't like and who owes them an amends and who they're resentful at, you know, which is great that we get to look at that the way it's set up at the other end, you know, like, okay, where, where were you to blame, you know? But if we ask you from the beginning where you were to blame, well, not so much, right? Because I have a right to be mad at the world and that's how I was when I got here I was mad at the world the world wronged me and I don't I don't have a part in anything I, what are you talking about it's not I didn't do anything I'm nowhere to blame <clears throat> but once I've gone through those steps I get to have a whole new experience with my truth and then because of that willingness with these traditions I've done the same thing and what has happened amazingly for me is that now I begin to sacrifice I begin to sacrifice. It doesn't mean that I'm not important or what I think doesn't matter that it's not important, but it doesn't have a place in Alcoholics Anonymous. So my political affiliations, you would never know. And, if we, and what I love being able to do with people 
is totally throw you off. You'd have never have an idea. It's none of your business. You can go ahead and have a perception all you want, but you have no clue. Now, that's not always been my story because trust me, I've shared some things that I definitely should not share in Alcoholics Anonymous at group level and on uh, probably on recording somewhere too. But again, I get, to, I get to grow up, right? I get to fall down. I get to stand back up. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. I remember hearing that in you know grade school somewhere, but it's true, but it's true today. Um, and I get, to, I get to go through this stuff and I get to get the grace, if you will, right? To get back up. I get to watch my sponsor or fall down my children get to watch me fall down and if she's on here that doesn't mean she stays down she thinks she got the grace that she gets back up and I get to watch her you know wipe herself off clean it up you know and do the next right thing you know take these spiritual tools out of the toolbox and utilize them right <clears throat> so that's been my experience um we don't have, and in Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, we don't have anybody, you know, you get these people that are not so nice about traditions, and I've been one of them too. You can't do that, and you shouldn't do that, and this is what this says, and I'm, uh, what are you going to do? Report me, right? We don't have no AA police, you know, but we would like to think, right, and this is what Bill said from the beginning, right? We would like, well, he didn't say it in these words. These are my words, but, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but he has said that, um, <clears throat> you know, we have two dictatorships, right? It's, I'll tell you exactly what was said on page 225 of Alcoholics Anonymous comes of age and it is in the chapter called four o'clock Sunday afternoon and Bill says this in AA we have two dictators and we profit and grow through both one is John Barleycorn and for those of you that don't know what that is because I didn't when I got here I'm just saying that's king alcohol by the way you guys might be smarter than me but I was not that smart <clears throat> So anyways, one is John Barleycorn, who is never very far from the elbow of each of us. You ever heard that in a meeting? The other is the father of lights who presides over all men. God is saying to us, and if you're not comfortable with the word God, fine, put in whatever. God, as you understand him, because I don't have an opinion on that either. How do you like that one? My responsibilities are more important than my rights. So the newcomer can know that I'm somebody they might want to work with. So they don't have to have my God. They get to have their own God. So we can call it whatever pronoun you want. It's all good with me. So the other is the father of lights who presides over all men, God. God is saying to us, learn my will and do it. And John Barleycorn is saying to each of us, you had better do God's will or I will kill you. Is that some strong words? I swear I did not make that up. That is on page 225 of Alcoholics Anonymous Comes of Age. Yes, it is conference approved literature. I'm just saying. So I think that's pretty strong words. And it's probably because Bill had experience, right? You know, the fellowship had experience many, many years before this little brat, me, came along. I'm not talking to anybody else in the room being a brat. That's me. Because I really, really could not see past my rights when I got here. But you don't understand. But you don't understand. And you would drink if this happened to you, too. And I was carrying that refrigerator on my back. And um, finally, when I got to unload some of that stuff, you know, it felt so much better. I was so much lighter. And then I got to the point with these traditions, and I can't tell you, um, somebody was asking me before the meeting, I'm trying to leave out names, they uh, said, you're going you're gonna to speak slower in so many words, right? I don't know. I grew up down in Fort Lauderdale, man. I'm four generations growing up in Miami. I can't slow down. And more importantly, when I'm excited about Alcoholics Anonymous, I definitely can't slow down. Like the passion the pep rally. And sometimes it comes off like um, pushiness instead of passion. And I'm sorry, that's really not the way it's meant to be. But if I do want to be effective in all seriousness, do you see how I just shared that? My rights to speak however I want and do whatever I want and blah, blah, blah. Don't you know who I think I am are not half as important as my responsibilities to try to slow it down. 
because no matter what good I think I have to say that I may want to share with you, maybe I need to be able to meet you where you're at, right? Otherwise, I'm just talking to myself, you know, and I'm really good at just talking to myself. I'm just saying, you know, we talked about that before the meeting too. My kids don't always listen. So they're my full-time audience. You can pray for them later. But um, so back to, you know, the conference and, and this, this third legacy that we're talking about on that triangle we started talking about. So on that circle and triangle, on that coin that we've all seen, right? Um, we have that other part of the triangle, right? That completes that triangle and it says um, service. And on that service, that is the third legacy of service in relation to our concepts. So we have 12 concepts. And what's beautiful about that, I am gonna share this to you guys and you're gonna love it. And if you don't, don't tell me you don't love it, but if you're interested, you can, um, you can hit me up in an email, but um, I wonder if it's in, yeah, it's in here. I got to find where I put it though. I put a little stop for me to find it for you guys. And then of course I can't find it. Anyway, it's the resolution, but I'll just tell you briefly in case I can't find it. It's where, um, here it is. We, so it's on page 226. So um, why did I do that? Oh, I know why. It's the next page over from what I just read about John Barleycorn and the father of lights. So on page 226, um, and this is a really good book, by the way, my home group does it on Monday nights at six o'clock. If you're interested, you can come join us. We're about halfway through, a little bit less than halfway. So it says, we, the members of the 20th anniversary convention of Alcoholics Anonymous, here assembled in St. Louis in July of the year 1955, declare our belief that our fellowship has now come of age. Hence the name of the book is called AA Comes of Age. Um, so it says, and is entirely ready to assume full and permanent possession of the three legacies of our AA inheritance. Now, did you hear those words? The three legacies, right? It says that we are entirely grown up now. <laughs> I think that's funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> because we've come of age. Um, and we're entirely ready to assume full and permanent possession. Okay, this is an inheritance, right? of the three legacies of our AA inheritance, the legacies of recovery, unity, and service. So guys, we were meant to embrace all three legacies of recovery, unity, and service. Not just take what you want and leave the rest. This is where I'm gonna get preaching and I apologize. But not just take what you want and leave the rest. We meant take what you want and leave the rest. I mean, how did our fellowship get so far off track? If you look at that from 1955, my God, how do we not, how do we all, how are we all playing the game of telephone and not coming out with the same thing? How are we doing what we're doing today? It's not just in the UK. It's not just in Florida. It's not just in Oregon. It's I'm looking at different people on the screen where they're from, but it's all over US and Canada that we seem to not always be on the same page. I wish that wasn't the case, but in my experience, where have we missed the boat? Where have we missed the mark here? Because our rights were more important than our responsibilities. Because see, as children, right, of Alcoholics Anonymous, Bill and Bob being the father, if you will, put it like that, because they did the ultimate spirit of rotation, right? Bob passes away, Bill, they're at the conference, they come up with this in this upside down triangle and they leave the inheritance of Alcoholics Anonymous to us, to me and you, my friends, but not to individual AA members. They left it to our groups. The groups are on the top, we're in charge. This is our inheritance, are we to squander it away? Or are we going to make sure our responsibilities are to make sure it's here for the next generation for the alcoholic not yet born, right? So they can find an Alcoholics Anonymous, that freedom that we have found. If we really say that gratitude is an action word, 
then I think our responsibilities start to become more important than our rights. Do they not? I think so, at least it is for me. So um, it says here, it goes on to say, because I just described the three legacies of recovery, unity, and service. So we have 36 spiritual principles, right? When we talked about leave, take what you want and leave the rest, that meant in the speaker meeting, that meant when you go to the speaker meeting and you can't identify with much of what they've said, then you just look for the, look for the similarities, look, you know, don't compare, identify. That's what we're talking about, take what you want, leave the rest, not take what you want when it comes to the three legacies. This is Alcoholics Anonymous. We have one message. That message is the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. If you don't like that, well, then I guess maybe you're not really an AA. And then we have the traditions, which is the second legacy of Alcoholics Anonymous that protects that message, which is the 12 steps that is our recovery, the first legacy. And then we have the third legacy. And I don't make this stuff up. This is Bill and Bob, not me, right? This is written right here. You can find it in the literature. Um, but I didn't know any of this when I got here. But when I found it, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this has been here all along. Why did they share this with me? Who's been hiding this? Oh my God. You know, and they weren't hiding it. I just didn't want to see it. Remember what I said? I walked out the door. I wasn't, Liz, I wasn't hearing you. You know, I might've pretended to listen, but I just wasn't hearing you. It was probably too busy talking. You can't talk and listen at the same time. I claim to be good at that, but not really. So if I could separate the two, it'd be really good. Anyway, I'm working on it, sponsor, if you're on the call. Um, so we go back to what it says here. It says, <clears throat> we believe that the General Service Conference of Alcoholics Anonymous as created in 1951 by our co-founders, Dr. Bob S. and Bill W., and authorized by trustees of the Alcoholic Foundation, has now become entirely capable of assuming the guardianship, guardianship of AA's 12 traditions and of taking over full guidance, full guidance and control, ugh, watch out with that control, of the world service of our society as provided in the third legacy manual for world service recently revised by our surviving co-founder, Bill W. So Bob passed away, there's Bill W setting this up because he didn't want us to go blind. This was for his kids, you know, like this is for us, you know, he knew Bob was passing on and what are we gonna do leaving them blind? They've been always looking to us up until now. Now, what are we gonna do? We're gonna set them up with the future to make sure this is here for generations to come. So are we going to squander this, right? And this is what it tells us further down. It says, it says in the General Service Board of Alcoholics Anonymous, we have also heard with approval of Bill W's proposal that AA's General Service Conference should now become the permanent successor, right? To the founders of Alcoholics Anonymous, inheriting from them all their former duties and special responsibilities. That means we inherited Bill and Bob's special duties and responsibilities. And where do we get that? We get that from our GSR, from our home group, right? Because home groups are on the top. So through your general service representative, you stay connected to the changes that are coming in Alcoholics Anonymous because they're coming. If you want to be a say and a part of that, and you don't want it to just be of any few, then our responsibility is to be involved. And if we're not going to be the GSR, that's fine. At least sit through the business meeting so you can hear your GSR, at least be exposed to the concepts so you can be considerate for that five-minute business meeting because, you know, the apathetic clock watcher, if you've got one, will be telling you how we've been here for 15 minutes. We need to be done already. But yet when you look to what the definition is of an informed group conscience, it might be more than 15 minutes, right? Because we're supposed to work slow and we're supposed to be informed and we're supposed to study that information. And if we were doing those things, then hmm, there would be no rush to yes or no counts, right? Everybody would probably pretty much agree because we would take the time to hear each other, not just say, I, I, I'm listening. No, to actually hear what we're saying 
right? So that's pretty cool. I don't know. I'm listening and talking to myself. I'm making sure I got a mirror as I'm sharing with you guys, because I need to hear what I'm saying too, because I don't always practice. I don't always practice what I'm preaching. I really don't. So it says at the end here, it does say, um, did I read that part about inheriting from them all their former duties and special responsibilities, thus avoiding in the future time, all possible strivings for individual prestige. Do you guys hear these traditions and things coming into play here? So avoiding right? Avoiding that. That's what it tells us. The individ For individual prestige or personal power, and also providing our society with the means of functioning on a permanent basis. I absolutely love that. And as I look at my timer, because I could get into specifics, you guys have heard them before. And if you're interested in a tradition study on the 12 traditions, well, my home group's going to have one coming up, starts November 27th, 8.30 on Sunday nights, 8.30 to 9.30. Billy Ann will be doing that. So if you're interested It'll also come with handouts to give you the confidence to teach you how to take others through this work. If you want to incorporate that in part of your sponsorship lineage, I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm sharing with you freely. I have found freely. I will give, you know, because I didn't have that experience in, in the beginning. In the first four years of my sobriety, I was just hanging on, man. And that's nobody's fault. That's nobody's fault. It's probably mine for not being as willing. And every sponsor that I've had, did you hear that? There was not just one. Every sponsor, no, I'm a brat, you know, I needed to have. And they served a purpose where they did. And they got me to where I'm at today. And I, I made big changes. I had to put on big girl panties to do that and make some changes and not be afraid to do that. And so um, with that, I talked to you guys about politics earlier. You know, the same thing goes with my 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 God, you know, whatever that looks like. You know, I don't care if you use the word dark side, light side, you know, I'll talk about it as Star Wars, somebody that does want to get on their knees, somebody that doesn't want to get on their knees. When I take women through the work, it specifically tells me in the book, it specifically tells me just like with sex, that I'm not the arbitrator of anybody's sex conduct. The same way that it is, it's my job as a sponsor is to hold your hand and take you through the steps so that at the as the result, right, which is kind of funny because we talk about the promises as being the promises, the nine step promises, the promises. It says that we will be amazed when we are halfway through. Halfway through what? Halfway through the ninth step, right? Not halfway through the reading of what we call the nine step promises, the promises. There are so many promises throughout the big book, but I've got to do the work in order to captive, you know, capture those promises and to have them come true and be a part of my life. So as a woman walks through this work and I get to hold their hand, I get to hold their hand. I'm not their God until they have a spiritual experience as a result of their understanding, not my understanding for them, not them coming to my church, not that I go to church. I'm just saying, not them coming to my synagogue, not them coming to, don't matter. You know, it does not matter. They get to have what works for them, you know, and then it starts to evolve between instead of them calling me, the next question I ask after they've been through steps one through nine and they get to live in 10, 11, and 12, I get to ask them, did you pray? What your higher power say about that? Call me back when you're done, you know, and then I'll hear from you when you're wrapped around the axle because your higher power is not working as fast for you as you think they need to, because I'm that girl. Uh, my sponsor tells me God is slow, D. He doesn't work at your pace. You might want to just sit in it a little bit. And I don't like that because limbo is a really uncomfortable place for this little brat. But anyway, so I have my service manual out and you guys know what's coming because don't go running off. And if I see you guys starting to leave now, I'll develop a resentment. But 
this is some of the most beautiful, oh, there we go, Joe's in trouble, he just left, just saying, but anyway, um, so this is some of the most beautiful writing, there's actually two beautiful pieces of writing, and you don't have to be a GSR or a DCM, and alphabet soup, district committee member, general service representative, you don't have to be involved in the third legacy of service in that way at the district, at the area, to get yourself a service manual and read the first five chapters. The new service manual is so beautiful, just saying. The first five chapters, I encourage everyone to read. And I do, I take my women through this, the first five chapters so they can understand how the structure is laid out that I just shared with you. So they can see that the home groups are on top, right? That you have a voice and you have a vote, right? And it's not just with, your voice, it's with your contributions, the power of the purse, you guys have this inheritance. The area, the GSO and district don't tell you what to do and how to do it. You share with them what you wanna see happen. We serve, you know, and it's hard to untrain that brain because in a world of business, the way we're conditioned, you know, we're, we're, we have this dictatorship, who's in charge? No, 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 no. We all, one among many, that's how this was set up so that nobody is more important than, right? Our responsibility is to serve, not to govern. So um, anyway, on page 40, you will see, it says, well, you won't see if you don't have it, but I can provide you an electronic copy when we're done, if you don't mind, or you can pick up one at your local intergroup central office or check with your DCM or ask your GSR of your home group to show you their copy. Anyway, it says, why do we need a conference? And so when this was read during the pandemic, I'm going to tell you, this is what gave me my spiritual experience as far as what got me started into those traditions in a way that I had never been through them, right? This got me started wanting to pay attention. My ears perked up. I'm like, where is that? Where have they been hiding that? I have never seen that. And here's what it is. Why do we need a conference? The late Bernard B. Smith, non-alcoholic, then chairperson of the board of trustees. I know it's a lot of blah, blah, blah. And one of the architects of the conference structure answered that question superbly in his opening talk at the 1954. Here we go in the 1950s again. I can't make this up. This has been working. It's been working until we stopped working at people. And it's been there for us to take what we want with it, but we've left it, right? Let's pick it back up. Let's make Alcoholics Anonymous stronger, safer, happier, healthier, right? Let's create the fellowship we crave, the way it was intended, the way it was left for us, our inheritance. Let's not piss it away, right? Excuse my English. All right. So it says, we may not need a general service conference to ensure our own recovery. We do need it to ensure the recovery of the alcoholic who still stumbles in the darkness one short block from this room right now, people. We need it to ensure the recovery of a child being born tonight destined for alcoholism. We need it to provide in keeping with our 12 step of permanent haven for all alcoholics who in the ages ahead can find an AA, that rebirth that brought us back to life. That's what we've been talking about, right? It's not about telling you what you need to do. It's just about sharing with you what people have done for us. And is it our responsibility to do the same? It doesn't have to be for our child, but maybe somebody else will help our child. We can't help our child, but maybe somebody else will one day. And I can help your child that you can't seem to help. And that's how we're supposed to do this thing, right? Or somebody's sister, somebody's mother, right? Because I couldn't help my mom. But maybe if she would have found it, she would have got the help she needed. Who knows? So it goes on to say, we need it because we, more than all others, are conscious of the devastating effect of the human urge for power and prestige. They just talked about that before. Which we must ensure can never invade AA. We need it to ensure AA against government while insulating it against anarchy. We need it to protect AA against disintegration. You'll have to look that word up. I did. 
while in, um, while insulating it. Uh, oh, there, I just messed myself up. While preventing overintegration. We need it so that Alcoholics Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous alone is the ultimate repository of its 12 steps, its 12 traditions, and all of its service. What do they mean by that alone? Again, no outside influences, right? Alcoholics Anonymous, not any of the other fellowships, right? Alcoholics Anonymous, we have a say. We are the ones that dictate our future of what we want to happen in Alcoholics Anonymous. Don't give it away. Get involved, right? Be a responsible member in Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, let them hear your voice through your GSR, through your home groups, right? Anyway, it says at last line, by the way, last paragraph, because my time is coming to an end. We need it to ensure that changes within AA come only as a response to the needs and the wants of all of AA and not of any few. So you cannot complain. And this is what I'm going to say. What I say is a DCM. I'm a current District 6 DCM. And I see one of my ladies on here, but I will not cross talk, but I'll just say it's so good to see her. So I'll be seeing her shortly at the district meeting tonight. But, um, you know, <sighs> when people get involved and like I'm a DCM here and I go to the home groups and around my town and they say, I can't believe they're doing this and they're doing that and they blah, blah. Well, honey, they is you. Stop complaining. It's your fault. You gave it away. It's your fault. You're not involved. You have no, and you know what's funny? Honestly, I, true story. I told this to a group of men. I don't know if he's on here or not, but he's one of the best GSRs in town. I'm just saying, but he is like the GSR of a men's group that swore they would never have a GSR again, that swore that they weren't sending the, anybody from their group, you know, to the three-day weekend assembly. And they're just having a party and what, because they didn't know, uninformed, right? uninformed, ignorant minority, they just, or maybe majority, because it's become more like that's what we think, because we don't know. We have no information. Ignorant is not a bad word. It just means uneducated, right? Doesn't mean we're stupid. It just means we don't understand. We don't know. We don't have the information. So get informed, because I'd rather have ignorance than arrogance. The arrogance are the ones that know and choose not to do anything, choose to not be involved. But when I know better, I can do better. See, I didn't know before I was ignorant. But now that I know, it's hard not to talk fast. It's hard not to get excited. It's hard not to be passionate. It's hard not to want to hug every single one of you. And that's a whole nother issue, especially since the pandemic. But again, my responsibilities, my right to want to hug you, my responsibility to let you be where you're at. But the point is, is, you know, I get to let other people be where they're at. And I get to share with these members in this group that I'm talking about, if you guys want to sit here and complain how they're changing the preamble or how they're changing the 12 and 12 or how they're changing the big book or how they're doing this or that, you know, because those are the hot topics, then get a GSR, get involved, let, let your GSR talk at your business meeting, maybe for five minutes at least, we'll start with that and listen to what they have to say, because the GSR is your two-way communication from the conference, what happened at the last week in April, right, back to your group. So your group knows and then let your group, let your GSR carry that so they can tell them how your group feels about it, right? That's the only way we're heard from that general service representative. And that's the way Bill and Bob designed it. It's not Dee's idea. It's what I just read you in the, in the resolution. It's, you know, what we just talked about, right? So it goes on this last part to say, and this is the part I love, because when it said not of any few, those same people that are involved, if you guys are like, they're doing it, they're doing it, they're, yeah, they're the same few because you're not getting involved. They're the same ones not rotating out because you're not stepping up. And then people say, well, you know, nobody else is going to step up for the job. Yeah, well, they're not going to step up to fill a commitment because they can't fill a filled commitment. Step out of the way. Be like Bill and Bob. 
Bill set it up so he could spiritual rotation. He rotated out. We can do the same thing, rotate out and encourage other people to step up. You know, sponsees, I do the same thing with. As a DCM, my job is to find an alternate DCM. And I hope I have one tonight. I hope he stands tonight because it's voting tonight. If he's on the call, that's a little bit of guilt there. I'm just saying. But I think that he may, you know, and it's important to bring people along with us to share this stuff. Don't hoard it to yourself. The responsibility is to take other people through, share with them freely what's been given with you, the steps, the traditions, and the concepts, right? Have the full experience. Don't short yourself. Don't buffet style this. Don't take what you want and leave the rest, right? Do Bill and Bob a service, right? Show them your love and respect and gratitude. Be responsible, not just be you know, concerned with your own rights. In the, 12, in the 12 steps, right, in the big book, when we look at taking this work, it tells us that in the fourth step, in our inventory work, in the fourth step, it tells us that we have to be willing to look at this from an entirely different point of view. And if we're doing that, when we're doing that, then we should be doing the same thing with our responsibilities instead of worrying about our rights, right? Where do we stop doing this stuff? Where do we stop? So anyway, I'm done on my high horse there. Let me go back to this little thing. It says, so they're all, it says, um, we need it, last line, we need it to ensure that the doors of the halls of AA never have locks on them so that all people for all time, did you hear me? All people for all time. We don't need all this literature that talks about black, white, gay, straight. Uh, yes, I did just say that. The reason I said that, we don't need all these divisionary things because way back when, way back when, I've been reading this stuff from the 50s, tradition three, we are all welcome. I do not care what your political affiliation is. I do not care if you're gay, straight, bisexual, gender neutral. It does not matter. I don't care what you pro-life, pro-choice, you know, it just doesn't matter what your God looks like, men, women, who, it doesn't matter. Are you an alcoholic? Once you start, do you not know how to stop? Well, then my friend, sit down next to me, right? Have an uncomfortable chair and a terrible cup of coffee. Unless you're in your own home online, you might be able to get a more comfortable chair and a better cup of coffee. I'm just saying, I stole that from somebody that I admire that's a service mentor. But the point that I'm making is get involved, right? Get involved. We don't have to be divided anymore. This is for all of us. This is not for just of any few. So the last part of that says, we need it to ensure that Alcoholics Anonymous never asks of anyone who needs us what his or her race is. I didn't write that. What his or her creed is, what his or her social position is. My friends, that was 1954. Don't you think that's applicable today in 2022? I know that I do. I can tell you that I definitely do. I mean, I don't think we need to write a bunch more stuff that tells us exactly what they shared with us in 1954 if we'll just pick it up and read it, if we'll just pick it up and implement if we'll just understand that our responsibilities are more important than our rights today, right? When do I start looking to serve others? Because it tells me on page 62 of the big book that I must be rid of self, 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 or it kills us, self, 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 right? Or it kills me. Let me go back to my big book. So it tells me that, and I have to remind, I had a girl I was working with uh, the other day, the same thing, we were talking about it, but they just don't understand. And if only they could see what I see and why don't they do this for me and that for me? And I'm like, oh boy, I've been there and I can still be there. And so it tells me on page 61, right? Well, actually I love it because it's right after how it works on page 60. After I read the ABC3, 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 ABC, that's it, I'm sorry. And then it says, um, the first requirement is that we be convinced that any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. And then it just goes on to read all about us running the show and our arrangements and don't they know what I want and blah, 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 my little motives. And then it talks to me on the next page of page 62, try circling every single part on page 62 that says self. 
self, 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 self. Like it is amazing, right? And then it says in the middle of the page, above everything else, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. We must, here's some more strong words from Bill again, or it kills us. We must, or it kills us. God makes that possible. And there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. Hmm. And then it also tells me that when further on in that inventory work that I just read from, from that area in the big book, it also tells me that if I, if I'm having trouble with sexual relations, I'm having trouble with, you know, any, at any time I'm having trouble with anything, then when all else fails, work with another alcoholic, work in self-sacrifice, right? Well, then why doesn't this apply to everything else, right? All 36 spiritual principles, all three legacies, right? All of Alcoholics Anonymous, don't short yourself. You're shorting yourself. You're not, you know, and you are eventually shorting the generations to come. We want this to be here if we do, whether we have children or not. If you know somebody that's died from alcoholism, if you know somebody that hasn't found the hope, the freedom that you have in Alcoholics Anonymous, don't you want to share it with them? Don't you wish they could have got it? I know too many people that have died you know, that have died, whether it be by suicide, right? Whether it be by suicide on the installment plan through alcoholism, you know, I've seen both ways and they're not pretty. So last part, cause I got eight minutes and 10 seconds counting down. The last part is, and look at, I love that clock. I love the way you guys do this stuff here. I'm just telling you. So if you look at page 37 of that same book of the service manual that I was looking at, this is really, really cool. I know it's gonna, you're like thinking dry because that's what I thought. I don't know what you're thinking, but that's what I was thinking. Let me tell you, I'm like, ugh. But now I just love the stuff. It's got little posts, you know, whatever. Anyway, so um, on page 37, I encourage everybody when you're having trouble in your home group, when I'm, I'm being honest here, I really am because I love this. This is like my new favorite read, right? When you're having trouble in your home group and when you're, somebody's laughing at me because it's like, everything's my favorite, but okay. So page 37, it's called leadership in AA, ever a vital need. And again, this is like to round it off with our responsibilities more important than our right. Leadership is so important. Like I want to call out names, leadership that made this meeting happen today, leadership that makes your coffee, that makes it happen. Leadership is not just your general service representative. Of course it's not. It's your greeter. It's your coffee maker. It is everything. It is the central office, the inner group, the district, the area, every single position, like from the greeter to the 10 cent, well, the 10 cent phone call back in the day that Bill talks about in the third legacy that's written about in here. It's not 10 cents for a phone call anymore, but you know what I mean? So we're talking about this stuff from a long time ago. But the reality is it talks about the different types of people when we're in leadership and it talks about how you're going to be challenged sometimes. So I'm going to end with that part of this particular reading. So it's like dealing with your parents and the cool kids hanging out on the corner, smoking, doing drugs. I don't know if that's even a good analogy. I'm just saying, right. But I remember back in school, right. If I was hanging out with those kids over on the corner that were drinking and smoking and doing things they shouldn't have been, if I was hanging out with them, I wasn't telling my parents that I was doing that. Right. So I've got like two different choices between what I want to be and what I want to do. And am I going to go to my parents and, you know, tell them what I've been doing is wrong. This is not a good analogy. I'm just going to move away from that. So we're just going to leave that one there. So I thought it sounded really good in my head when I was thinking about it earlier, but it's not probably the best analogy. But the point is, is we can't be all things to all people. Sometimes we have to stand up for responsibilities, for principles, and we're not going to be the most famous, you know, liked, loved, kind person. When I was not standing up for responsibilities and I was not standing up for traditions, 
everybody loved me because I was the party girl and I was ready to throw a party and do 50-50 raffles and all kinds of fundraising and all the things we're not supposed to do in Alcoholics Anonymous, all the things that Bill and Bob discouraged us against. And yet I was doing that stuff because I wanted to be liked, right? I wanted to be the cool kids on the corner. I wanted you to like me. I was the people pleaser, right? I didn't even know I was that much of a people pleaser. And once I found this stuff and I understood this stuff to be for what it is today, right? A whole new experience, got rid of my old ideas. Oh my God, with the spiritual experience, with the traditions, I started seeing that I was that people pleaser. And sometimes it's a lonely place to be when you stand up for Alcoholics Anonymous as a whole. And I'm not always certain what hill I want to die on. And I'm not always graceful at it. I'm going to be honest, right? But I can go to bed tonight with myself, the most important person in my bed, no matter who else is in there my dog, my kids, whatever, because I've chosen to be single since my husband's passing. But that person in my head that tells me that if I did something right or wrong today, that person in my head that tells me that I stand up, that I stand up for those principles, that I speak up, or did I say, why didn't they? Why didn't they? Why didn't she? Why didn't he? Hey, what are you going to say? No, it's my responsibility. Stop passing the bucky. And that's what it tells me right here. I got four minutes and I'm ending with this. Page 37, it says leadership in AA, ever a vital need in the service manual. There is a full, full uh, leadership in AA, ever a vital need. This is just an excerpt from it on page 37, but I encourage you to look in concept nine. Concept nine is in the back of that book and you can read the whole thing and it is absolutely beautiful. I think it's on C29, let me double check, just so you know. But on C29, yep, C29, the whole uh, essay is beautiful. Don't short yourself, read the whole thing because you will sit there and shake your head in identification, I guarantee it. You will have had an experience like this yourself even if you've never been in general service and you've just been in your home group, nothing outside your home group, you've seen people like this or you've experienced it, but it says good leadership originates plans, policies, and ideas for the improvement of our fellowship and its services. But in new and important matters, it will nevertheless consult widely before taking decisions and actions. Good leadership also remembers that a, um, that a fine plan or idea can come from anybody. That means even somebody 30 days sober, maybe anybody anywhere. Consequently, good leadership will often discard its own cherished plans for others that are better and it will give credit to the source. Oh my God, you mean the girl that I don't like that won't shut up about those traditions? She could actually have a good idea, but I've been here for 30 years. She's only been here for three years. What does she know? I've been serving forever. No, I got to be willing to show up, move out of the way and let God speak, right? It says good leadership never passes the buck. Once assured, and I'm unfortunately, I'm not that good at that. I still throw everybody under the bus still. I'm working on that. I'm just being honest. Once assured that it has or can obtain sufficient general backing, it freely takes decisions and puts them into action forthwith. How amazing is that? Provided, of course, that such action can be within the framework and its defined authority and responsibility. Okay, that might start to sound a little bit like Charlie Brown's parents. Wah, wah, wah. So let's go this. Let's go with this one. Leadership is often called upon to face heavy and sometimes long continued criticism. Anybody ever been there? Even if it's just over the way the coffee's made, I'm just saying, or maybe you're too happy when you're greeting, or maybe you're not happy enough, right? This is an acid test. There are always the constructed, con do you guys heard that acid test? Because we have acid test in the big book too, right? But you got an acid test right here in the service manual. It's pretty cool, right? So we have long continued criticism. There are always the constructive critics, our friends indeed, we ought never fail to give them a careful hearing. We should be willing 
to let them modify our opinions or change them completely. Ugh, that's an awfully tall order, I think, sometimes, depending on where you're at spiritually, I'm just saying. But often, too, we shall have to disagree and then stand fat, steadfast, then stand fast without losing their friendship. So I am so doing good with time. But did you hear that? So sometimes we just have to decide when it's right, when it's wrong. And that's the part that I'm not too sure of. That's the part that I got to pray on. That's the part that I got to go to God with. That's the part that when my sponsor's not on the other line, because God ain't answering it fast enough for me, that I sometimes mess up. But when I mess up, as long as I'm coming from a place of love, oh my God, you'll hopefully have forgiveness for me. My higher power will have forgiveness for me. And I have another day to get up and try to do this over again. And that's what love is about, right? That's what my God's about. That's what this whole program is supposed to be about, right? Letting you be where you're at when you're ready. Keeping the doors open and a safe place to come land, you know? And just being exposed, being open, being willing to look at all three legacies of Alcoholics Anonymous so that this can remain here for generations to come. The last legacy, the third legacy of Alcoholics Anonymous, this is in order, right? We said the first legacy is our message, our only message. The second legacy is how we protect our message. And the third legacy is how we perpetuate that message for generations to come. So thank you for letting me share. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Sobercast is ad-free, and we'd like your help in order to keep it that way. So if you'd like to help us be self-supporting by pledging a dollar to a month, visit Sobercast.com and look for the donate links. Thank you very much.